With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Pole Position Podcast. We're back at it. I gotta tell you, these uh, police officers in the Quebec, they're doing some pretty shady things. They're doing some pretty shady things. I will explain. I think I think even if you're in Quebec right now, you'll be shocked at how greasy this is. It's the greasiest thing I've ever seen cops doing. And don't get me wrong, I like the cops, I do. Let me explain. Oh, also, we'll get to the cops here in a second, but I also want to talk about how many of us feel we have more goals to accomplish than ever before. Are you feeling that way? Do you feel you have more goals to accomplish than ever before in your life? Uh, We'll find out here in just a bit. So why are these cops so uh, greasy? In, in Quebec. And I should say hi to the chat. Chris is here. Drew, ex-stormtrooper. Brian. I saw that uh, Joey was here. Like, it's a good little crew going on in the chat. You can watch us as we record the podcast. Twitch.tv slash Fruitbar. So, you, you know geography well enough, likely, that um, you know that Ottawa, the nation's capital, is in Ontario. Yet, right there across the river not a big stretch at all, is is Gatineau, Quebec. And as anyone would do, if you're in Ottawa or in Gatineau, the, the cities are pretty much interlinked. Like It's easy to get from one to the other. And as you can imagine, people in Gatineau work in Ottawa. People in Ottawa work in Gatineau. It's very living, breathing communities back and forth. But at the end of the day, one is in Quebec, One, of course, is in Ontario. Well, in Ontario, we have Valtag stickers that you put on the back of your car on your license plate to basically show that you have registered your car and you've paid your annual fee, which in Ontario at the moment, uh, the Ontario government has said, "Okay, we're not going to make you pay that fee anymore. They've given some people money back, which I'm sure people like getting checks in the mail. And you just have to register everything still. So you still have that sticker. And so my sticker, because my birthday is in May, my sticker is May 2022. And I'm supposed to have that sticker renewed by my birthday. So these stickers exist. Well, across the border there in Gatineau, I guess it's technically in Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea, Quebec is right there, part of Gatineau. Uh, They have this place called the uh, Nordic Spa. If you're in Chelsea, it's called Spa Nordic. But it's a nice little place. A lot of people from, you know, the sort of greater Ottawa area go to the Nordic Spa. And, you know, they have a nice indoor pool and saunas and they, I don't know, mud baths and probably something with wheatgrass. You know, it's it's that kind of like go and relax for the day kind of place. Well, some people that live in Ottawa who happened to go over there to get some rest and relaxation 
have found that when they get home in the mail, they get a, a nice note from their friends in Quebec. And the note is a fine for $495. So imagine you just went to the nice uh, little ski Nordique. You, you decided, you know, take your wife there, celebrate an anniversary. You have a good time. You come back home. Uh, everybody's happy. And uh, the next day you go to your mailbox and boom, uh, there, poof, wow. You got yourself a, a, a fine for $495. Well, what is this for? Well, it's because their Val tags were expired. Some people, they don't get that sticker in time and they drive around and it's expired. So mine says May. So if I didn't get that sticker renewed and I was driving around in June, everyone would know it's expired. So what the cops are doing is they go into the parking lot of this place and likely other places, because the cops are like, we're not doing anything wrong. We're going into places, the public parks. So they roll in and they look for Ontario license plates that are expired. And then they send them a $495 fine. It's happened more than once. So, some of the uh, TV and uh, newspaper guys, they've been after the, the coppers in Quebec going, what the fuck is up with this? This is kind of bullshit. And <laughs> the Quebec folks, the police are like, whoa, 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 whoa. We know there's stories that Ontarians believe that Quebec police target Ontario motorists. Heard that all my life. That's not true. It's totally wrong. It's okay if we go into a place where the public gathers, ski hill, recreational site, spa, because we're there to deter crime and enhance safety. But what they do is they roll in there, they look at the cars, they do the checks, they see the expired tag because it's visible, they write up the ticket, they fire it over to the person. They say, we're just doing our job enforcing the Quebec Highway Safety Code. Now, there's that word safety again. Remember they said they want to deter crime and enhance safety, and they want to follow the Highway Safety Code. The problem is, if we're being honest, no safety is being enhanced. <laughs> you as an individual are not in danger if my Val tag is expired, right? Like they're making it sound like I have a gun in my car and I'm pointing it at people and they're just there to enhance the safety of everyone else that I would buy. But when I have a sticker on my license plate that whether it's right or wrong, your safety is exactly the same. My safety is exactly the same. The only thing, that is missing is the government getting a piece of the green in my jeans. That's the only thing that's missing. So it has nothing to do with public safety. It has everything to do with trying to get some free cash. 
So how can they say with a straight face that they're not targeting Ontarians? It's exactly what they are in fact doing. It's nonsense. It's not what these guys get paid to do. (laughs) It is insane. By the way, 495. Remember that number? 495. That's the fee, the bill, the fine that the folks in Quebec send over to the Ontario residents. Do you know how much it is in Ontario if you get caught without a sticker? 110 bucks. <laughs> no. No, they're not targeting on uh, Ontarians at all. No, it makes complete sense. You know what? And thank the Lord. Uh, gentlemen in the chat that live in uh, Quebec, do you feel safer knowing that uh, your police are basically uh, shoving a sharp one up the asses of Ontarians? You must feel much safer. Much safer. Isn't that crazy? Like, this is where, unfortunately, you know, cops get a bad name because, you know, nobody likes to hear about quotas and things like that. Like, when we think of the cops and what we want them to be doing, we want them to be enforcing the law, you know, saving children, uh, helping old ladies, you know, investigating murders. You know, we want them to be protecting people. This isn't protecting people. This is paperwork of nonsense. That's all it is. But man, oh man, not like ex-stormtroopers like, look, I'll be honest with you. If these Ontarians that are getting the tickets are Leaf fans, I'm okay with it. Here's the rub, though, Stormtrooper. They're probably Ottawa Senators fans because they're from Ottawa, which means they think they invented hockey. <laughs> Ottawa Senators fans are the worst. Like, I'm sure I've explained this on a podcast before, but because we're talking about it, I'll just recycle my take. Um, in Ottawa, because I grew up outside Ottawa, and when you lived outside Ottawa, and in Ottawa, all the years I was growing up, there were basically three contingents of fans in the Ottawa, Ottawa Valley area. Three contingents of fans, okay? Number one, Habs fan. Right. Depending where you lived in Ottawa, you might gravitate towards being a Montreal Canadiens fan. Two, Toronto Maple Leafs. Again, depending where you lived and because the Toronto Maple Leafs consume so much of hockey night in Canada, they have a lot of fans everywhere in Canada. But if you didn't cheer for the Habs, you probably cheered for the Leafs. And then there were the Bruins fans, people that gravitated towards that part of the world, and for whatever, the Bobby Orr's, the Don Cherries, for whatever reason, they cho- they cheers, cheered for Boston. That, that was predominantly the three groups of NHL hockey fans in Ottawa. Well, what happened was Ottawa got a NHL franchise, the Ottawa Senators. So who makes up the fan base of the Ottawa Senators? Well, number one, people that never, ever cheered for hockey. They just jumped on the bandwagon because all of a sudden their city had a hockey team and they're like, I'm going to be into hockey. I'm going to support my team. Fair enough. And the rest of the fans are the worst Montreal Canadiens fans, the worst Boston Bruin fans, and the worst Toronto Maple Leafs fans. They switched allegiances. 
They left their team and said, I'm going to cheer for Ottawa instead because they're in my city. Now, I understand why people made that decision because they weren't fans to begin with. Because a fan would never switch a Leaf. I'm a Leaf fan. Period. Now, I think I'm a good Leaf fan because I can acknowledge the dumb things that have happened to the Leafs. And I also have a great deal of respect for other teams. I don't, you know, I make jokes about some of their fans, but I, I, I think I'm pretty reasonable when it comes to talking about other fans and, the, and, and their teams. Like, I, I see a lot of good things with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Boston Bruins are a tough team to play against. Uh, I also believe the Toronto Maple Leafs have the best team they've ever had in years. But those Senators fans, they're the ones that jumped away from their core team. And they weren't good fans because they think they invented hockey. Have you ever talked to an Ottawa Senators fan? Oh my God, they think they invented hockey. Like they say the craziest things. <laughs> They're insane. And like God love them. They're fans of their team. But man, they say crazy things. Like Habs fans, they say crazy things. I mean, I love them. Don't get me wrong. Habs fans are outraged right now. These are the three things that I noticed from Habs fans this year. Number one, they think Suzuki... And uh, what's the other kid's name? Um, I know it starts with a C. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Cole, uh, Cole, what's Cole's last name? Cole, is it Kaufman? Do I have that right? Whatever that kid's name is, Cole, whatever it is. Um, they think they're, I've seen numerous Habs fans say they're the best, the best duo in, in, in the NHL. They're not even top 10. They're not even top 10. They're great. Yes, they could be awesome. Caulfield, thank you, ex-Stormtrooper. They could be great. They might be the best young duo. They might be the best up-and-coming duo. They're not the best duo. They're not even in the top 10. They're not, they're not Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. They're not. They're not even close. They're exciting, but they're not even close. John, you're saying crazy things right now. I'm not. Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki are great, exciting, fun players to watch. They're not in the top 10 of the best duos in the NHL. They might be in the top 15, maybe, but they're not in the top 10, and they're not number one. That's a crazy thing to say. Uh, the other thing uh, I noticed the Canadians this year, uh, and I should look it up so I have the name right, the only time I saw Canadians fans excited this year, like really excited, like I mean really excited, <laughs> and this was the craziest, like it's good in a way, but it's just crazy to me. Um, they, they announced that this woman, Chantal Maccabee, was going to be the vice president of communications for the, for the Montreal Canadians. Uh, I think it's awesome that they're putting a woman in that position. I'm sure she's great. She seems to be beloved in Montreal. So certainly people absolutely uh, like supported this decision, but they were like hyped. Like they just got Sidney Crosby in the draft. 
That's how excited they were. And I was like, wow, you guys, that's how bad the team is? Like, you're getting stoked for the VP of communications? Like, it's cool that you know her. It's cool that you love that she's going to be there for you. But uh, I don't even know who the vice president of communications is for the Leafs. And I'm a Leafs fan. Do you know why? Because they don't lace up the skates. They don't score the goals. They don't block the pucks. (laughs) They send out the press releases, which I'm sure are wonderful. They were really psyched about that. And then the last one is, and this is the most recent one, a lot of Montreal Canadiens fans, and I don't understand this, very upset that Shea Weber was not at the big uh, to-do for Guy Lafleur. And um, I don't really know, like, like, look, the reality is only so many people can be in the arena, right? We know that. So, like, the majority of Montreal Canadiens fans, former Montreal Canadian players, former staff of the Montreal Canadiens, um, teammates of Guy Lafleur, the majority of them were not in the arena. Why are you mad at Shea Weber? Like, I get that he's a captain, but he wasn't there because he, he wasn't playing. Like, a lot of players, when they're not playing, aren't there. I guess you could go, well, he should be there for this night. Yeah, maybe. But maybe he's not in the town. Maybe he's, you know, somewhere else at his actual home getting better. I don't know. But really mad about it. <laughs> like, I'd be more mad that he's not on the ice plane. I mean, look, I love Guy Lafleur. Guy Lafleur, like any hockey fan, even as a Leafs fan, I loved Guy Lafleur. He's he's a player that transcends the team. But I don't know if, if I have to find outrage. That's not where I'm going to find it. You know, like if if John Tavares wasn't there the night George they did a tribute for George Armstrong, who was a great Toronto Maple Leaf, uh, I'd be like, hey, look, whatever. I'm sure I'm sure he called the family. I'm sure he did something. Next, next, we've gotten off on a tangent. I blame the chat. I blame the chat because I wasn't planning on talking about hockey at all. Uh, let's get into uh, some of the things. Goals. And you should always have some goals. And here's the thing about goals. Everyone says they are going to make goals for the year, right? New Year's resolutions happens all the time. <laughs> I'm going to start talking about hockey. If you guys keep keep chat putting that stuff in the chat, that's all I'm saying. Uh, no, you should have goals. Here's the difference, though, about people that say they set goals and people that are committed to their goals. Because it's easy to say you want to have a goal and succeed at it, and then do all the light and fluffy stuff that's easy stuff. And then if you don't get there, you can go, oh, I did all that light and easy stuff, right? Like, for example, you could say, I want to lose weight. And you might work out three times a week, but you don't change your eating habits. Well, what's going to happen? You're not going to lose that much weight, right? And you're going to say, well, look, I worked out, didn't work. No, you weren't committed to it right? The commitment to success, the fact that you will do whatever it takes to get to that goal is usually what separates uh, the winners from the losers in the sense of making and achieving goals. So according to a new study, 62% of us have more life goals that we want to accomplish in the next year than ever before. And I think that's good. I support that. What's number one on the list? Traveling more. A lot of people thinking they'll take vacations and are actually choosing domestic vacations over going abroad. 
a lot of people on their list, buying a home. Buying a home is going to separate the winners from the losers. Like, in the sense of setting a goal. If you really want to buy a home right now, you got to be committed. Committed to putting the money away. Committed to buying a fixer-upper. Committed to moving out further away from the city. Committed to moving to another town. Maybe another province. (laughs) Maybe the middle of nowhere. Like, it's... In order to achieve that goal, you're going to need to commit. And, of course, a lot of people are, you know, interested in having kids. Which, I'll be honest, um, out of all those goals, traveling buying a home, having a baby. The getting to the baby one, for most people, is probably the most fun and the easiest. <laughs> right? Because you don't have to really save money or anything. You should probably save a little bit. But, you know, it's just like, hey, er, 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 let's go. I like, though, that people are thinking about goals and setting them. Uh, you know, also on the list, people want to go to different concerts and festivals and buy cars and furnish their... Uh, apartment. Some people have on their list, they want to attend more weddings. Who says that? Not me. I'm glad I'm not that age. Could you imagine coming out of the pandemic? Think about this for a second. Coming out of the pandemic, there's a whole bunch of people that were planning to get wedding, married the last two years and they haven't. And now all those people that fell in love, one, there is going to be a tsunami of weddings i am so glad that i am not in that age group where i have to go to like that age group where everyone's getting married there's gonna be weddings every freaking weekend it's gonna be insane i'm taking a hard pass i try and do one a year that's it and if i go to your wedding it's like your funeral if i go to your wedding or go to your funeral it means i really really like you it means i really like you because i don't like going to those things donnie's here what's up Appreciate you stopping by in the chat. My point is this. I like the goals. I like the setting of goals. I'm just telling you, though, that when it comes to accomplishing the goals, you got to be very honest with yourself and say, am I committed to achieving this goal? Because the reality is most people aren't. Most people are just giving lip service when it comes to their goals. Oh, I want to buy a home. Oh, I want, like, I remember I was talking to one kid on the radio once. He's a millennial. He was trying to school me on how tough it is for millennials to buy homes. And I said to him, well, why don't you move? Like, when I was young, I couldn't afford a home in Toronto. Like, I couldn't. And I lived in Toronto. So I took a job in Chatham, Ontario, and I bought a house in Wallaceburg, Ontario, and I had to commute. Do you know why? Because that's where I could afford to buy a house. When I bought that house, I had a roommate who paid 50% of my expenses because that's how I could afford to buy a house. But I wanted a house. See, that's the difference. I was committed to the goal. And I did it because I made some concessions. And then I sold that house and I bought a bigger house and I fixed that house up and I sold it and I bought a bigger house. And 
all of a sudden, that guy would say, well, look at you. It was easy. Fuck, it wasn't easy. I was committed to it. I bought a house in Wallaceburg, Ontario. And I hate when people go, oh, well, that's easy to do. But we're, we're, I live work in Toronto, John. And where am I going to get a job? Figure it out. Everyone's figured out how you can work anywhere now from anywhere. Figure it out. If your goal is to have a house. Now, if your goal is to have a house in Toronto, that's a different game, man. If your goal is to have a house in Montreal, that's a different game. In fact, anywhere right now, it seems housing prices are crazy. I talked to a guy today from Kelowna. He said a starter home in Kelowna is $1.1 million. (laughs) Yikes. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not. What I'm saying is you have to commit to the goal. You have to be willing to do whatever it takes to accomplish the goal. Buy a duplex, live in half, have someone else rent, live in the other half. No, it's not ideal. It's not the white picket fence with a two-car garage. It's not ideal, but it's also not forever. That's the one thing about goals that I try and remind people about. When it comes to goals, you know, achieving them doesn't have to, it doesn't, it's not all or nothing. You can buy the smaller house. You can move to the Wallaceburg. You can buy the duplex. You, you can do a half goal to get you to the full goal later. Because life's a funny thing, isn't it? Like, when I think of the struggles that I had in life, and I will disclose that as a uh, white male, I'm sure my struggles were not the same as other people's struggles, but I still busted my ass and worked hard. Uh, my parents taught me good values to go and do those sorts of things. Um, that was certainly a leg up that I had, that I had great parents that taught me good work ethic. It's an advantage, no question. Uh, but when I, when I look back at the things that I struggled, you know, like living in that little house with my buddy, um, some of the best times of my life. Some of the best times of my life. It didn't bother me. At the time, it wasn't ideal. I was like, ah, I can't believe I have to have a roommate. Fuck, we made lemons out of that lemonade. It got him a cheaper place to live. Got me a cheaper place to live. We hung out together all the time anyway. We had a good time. It worked out. It was fine. And the other thing that I noticed now, again, looking back at 47, you know, I was probably 21 or something at that time. I look back and I go, you know what, though? It, it was only a few years. Like in the whole scheme of my life, that that I don't know I didn't really sacrifice much but that sacrifice wasn't in the whole scheme everything wasn't much right (laughs) I am just a child at my age thank you Drew thank you Uh, you are my ex-wife's age are you Are you trying to set me up? What's going on? I don't get what you're saying. (laughs) All right, let's move on. My point is this. If you want to set more goals, I'm in your corner. I'm going to be the guy to say, commit to it. Make it happen. Don't just do the easy stuff. Do the hard stuff. Get it done. Get to where you want to go. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, you know how in the States there's the Dollar Tree? Uh, Dollar Tree is a, it's kind of like Dollarama in Canada. 
it's it's actually one of the most uh, popular business models, and uh, they get a lot of accolades from Wall Street, uh, Dollar Tree, because they're, you know, like those stores, they got them all over the place, and they sell everything for like a dollar, two bucks, three bucks. And a lot of people go there, and they buy, you know, chocolate bars and chips and craft dinner and of course all the other knickknacks and craziness they have there so they have these all over the place there's one in uh bremen indiana and the manager there is in a lot of hot water likely we'll get the one to buckle my shoe mm-hmm. uh because the manager posted this on the front door of the store okay you know how there's this horrible thing for a lot of businesses right now, which is um, people who are resigning and not going back to work. Uh, there's a lot of people that blame young people that got the free money from the government not wanting to work. Um, there's some people that just have given up on jobs they didn't like and are trying different things because to get a job in a different category has never been easier because every business is just looking for better people. Well, Dollar Tree and Bremen, Indiana, no, no different. So they put this sign up on the door. It says, quote, I apologize for us closing again. My two new cashiers quit because I said their boyfriends couldn't stand here for their entire shift. <laughs> don't hire Gen Z's. They don't know what work actually means. Now hiring boomers only. Thanks. Uh, The image of this sign has gone viral. Corporate got wind of the sign and said, well, that's a bit of a breach of our hiring practices. Also, it's discrimination when it comes to the federal hiring practices. So, yeah, uh, that manager... Well, maybe frustrate it and likely, you know, saying the words many people feel. You're the matter with me. You know, you're an idiot. Yeah, no, got fired. You're fired. Yeah, no longer a Dollar Tree employee. Uh, Gen Z, by the way, means you were born between 1997 and 2012. Here's the thing. Ex-Stormtrooper, you're 100% right. Gen X is where it's at. Here's the thing. Young people need to be managed. Not bossed around. Not told everything. They need to be managed. My experience is such that any employee of any age, if you explain the job and the goals of the job and the rules of the job, they will respond accordingly and they will go, great. I have, I have a reason to be here. I know where I'm supposed to be. I know what I'm supposed to accomplish. I know what the rules are and I will play inside those rules and I will do a good job. Now, do I believe that Gen Z, those born between 1997 and 2012, might not be as good of employees as the older generations? Yes. Why? They're entitled. Why? Because their parents did it to them. Also, they've never worked that much in their life. They didn't get a paper route when they were young. They didn't go out and cut grass um, for everyone in the neighborhood. 
They didn't do it because their parents didn't let them. Their parents instead drove them to five different sports where they all got participation ribbons. They don't know. It's not their fault. But here's the bigger problem that's coming our way, and I don't hear anyone talking about it. We talk about the great resignation, those that are 55 and above, that through the pandemic realized that they had saved enough money and they could live very frugal and they no longer needed to drive an hour commute, put up with a boss they don't like, doing a job they hate it. So they quit. That's a great resignation, right? They retired. They said, I'm out. Or they just said, I'm changing career plans. You know, they had that moment, that aha moment where they're like, hey, I only got so much time left on this planet. I'm not spending my time doing this bullshit anymore. So that's what they did. Or they've inherited money from parents that have passed away. And they've just said, I don't need to do it. I'm going to go live on a beach somewhere where it's, you know, a dollar a day to live. Or I'm going to sell all my stuff and downsize. So that's a great resignation. So on the one end, you've got these people that uh, have decided they, they don't want to do it anymore. And you know what? Good on them. If you can do that, go for it. I see the problem at the other end, though. And the other end is the young kids that may never apply for a job. They may never apply. I don't know if you watch young people today, but they all want to get famous on TikTok. They all want to do things on Instagram and YouTube and TikTok and Snapchat. And they know how to do videos and monetize them. And they, they know how to do a whole bunch of things being creative. And a lot of them have done a good job. And actually, you know, there's a lot of young kids that are making a lot of money uh, through social media and through YouTube and um, through all these different channels. And they know how it all works and they make good money from it. And they're also in that generation where they're totally cool to work two or three different jobs be a bartender for a couple days, do this over there a couple days and do this like, you know, little YouTube thing. Like they're cool with that. And the problem with that is they may never apply for an actual job as we know the jobs, right? Like we know you're supposed to get a cover letter, letter and share all your work experience and why you'd be a valuable employee and blah, blah, blah. And your outlook for the next five years that that's they're not they're never going to do that they're never going to apply because they're just like i'm just going to keep making up my own jobs as is noted in chat gig economy it's a lot of hustle it's a lot of hustle but if no one's applying for those jobs at dollar general that's going to be a problem who do you fill it with the older generation's like fuck you i'm not doing it anymore <laughs> the younger generation's like fuck you i'm not interested in your bullshit Meanwhile, this guy at the Dollar General, he's like, I don't even find anyone to work. He wasn't a really good manager to begin with, obviously. It's interesting, though. Meanwhile, in Florida, oh, good old Florida. Going to Florida next weekend. Good old Florida. Carolyn Poiche, listen to this lady. She's 25. 25 is uh, what many of us would refer to as an adult. Not always the case. She was pulled over by the coppers because she was doing 91 and a 50. Now, to give her credit, she was on the International Speedway Boulevard in DeLand, which is just near Daytona Beach. 
And of course, you know, Daytona Beach, Daytona 500. So she was on the International Speedway Boulevard. Here's the thing. She had two kids in her car. One was two, one was three. They were asleep in the car without car seats. <laughs> now, many of us in the chat will be saying, well, it's not that big a deal. When I was a kid, my parents used to roll around. Never put a seatbelt on me. I didn't even have a car seat. I don't, I don't even think I ever had a car seat. I think my kids just, my parents just threw me in the back seat. Next. I survived. Driving around without a car seat and a, with a kid in a car these days? That's like smoking on a plane. That's going to get you in some serious shit. Serious shit. So anyway, she, she was rolling around. She got pulled over. Um, <laughs> the uh, cop, when he pulled her over, said, Lady, you're driving too fast. You got these two kids in the back seat. And if you'd been in a crash, they would have been killed. Do you know what her reply was? Her reply was, I don't plan on getting in a car crash. Oh, my bad. As you were, young mother. (laughs) Uh, She said she didn't want to strap them in while they were sleeping. She herself was not wearing a seatbelt. One of the kids was curled up in the front seat. The other one napping in the back seat. Uh, she was uh, arrested for child neglect and later released on bail. I don't understand. Like, look, uh, if like, this is what I don't understand. If you're gonna speed, your kids gotta have seatbelts on. But if you want the kids to sleep. Don't you go, okay, I'm going to be extra safe and drive the speed limit. Doesn't that make more sense? <laughs> I think it does. But you know what? It's Florida, so uh, who the hell knows? Big news coming soon. Great news. In other news. Oh, in other news. In other news. Um, I have a favorite Markle. I have a favorite Markle. Meghan Markle drives me nuts prince harry drives me nuts they want they go all over the world and make no sense like they do all their speeches about the environment but they take a private jet everywhere they said it wasn't safe enough for them to go to see the queen for prince philip's memorial service wasn't safe enough but they can go to the invictus games and while they're on the way there stop and see the queen but don't bring the kids they drive me nuts. But the Markle that I like, the Markle that I like is Meghan Markle's dad, Thomas Markle. Now, I like him because he's a little bit crazy. But he did a new interview, and in the uh, interview, old dad of Meghan Markle, he did not hold back when it came to talking about his son, Prince Harry. He called him, quote, an idiot, a child, and a wuss. I have so little respect for that man. I think he's an idiot, and I'd take him on any time. He's like a child. He follows my daughter around like a child. He's not a man. You can tell me he was in the military. I don't believe it. I think he's kind of a wuss and always will be. Well, he was in the military. There is actually uh, lots of proof of that. (laughs) Thomas Markle, he's not having any of it. 
I think he's going a little strong, but I'm leaning towards more what he has to say about Prince Harry. Like, I'm kind of more on that side. He does want to go to uh, England for the Queen's Jubilee, and he's like, while I'm there, I want to meet Prince Charles. Can you imagine Prince Charles? Father of the, quote, idiot child wuss with Thomas Merkel. Father of the entitled bratty little girl. God, they'd have stories, wouldn't they? I really would like to meet with Prince Charles and thank him for walking my daughter down the aisle and also uh, just to meet and talk with him because I think we have a lot in common now. We've pretty much both been ghosted by our our children. (laughs) Facts! Facts! I like that guy. He tells it how it is. Uh, Meanwhile, this is an interesting one. Uh, Lionel Richie, of course, you know, famous musician. And we know he has his daughter. Uh, He's got the one. What was the one? Nicole Richie was on the show with Paris Hilton. But he has another daughter, daughter, Sophia Richie. And Sophia's getting married to this guy, Elliot. And Lionel loves telling the story that Elliot came to ask his permission uh, to marry his daughter, and he's like, the guy was a nervous wreck. He was a nervous wreck. I, my poor guy, I thought he was going to pass out, but but he survived it. I was going to rib him a little bit, but I didn't want to play. He was going to faint, so it was wonderful. I mean, they're deeply in love, so all I can say is that's what you really want as a dad. Well, Richie seems like a really cool mofo, doesn't he? Uh, he says he couldn't play the intimidating dad role because he's known this guy way too long. Elliot had a head start because I've known him since he was like 12, 13 years old. So he, he kind of knows me. But no, I couldn't intimidate him. He, he, no, he knows my back game already. <laughs> Plus, no matter what, somebody's going to blow it for me anyway. Don't be afraid of my dad. He's a teddy bear. I, that's not what you want to hear. Yo, I got to tell you. So uh, my father-in-law was a um, military man he was a colonel in the canadian military uh he'd always tell you his body was a weapon he basically looked like sean connery intimidating as shit i've said the story before uh the first day i went to my wife's home to take her on a date um my father-in-law uh came up he shook my hand and of course crushed my hand on purpose i'm sure and he said uh something to the following where he said you're the man responsible for the safety of my daughter and bringing her home safe tonight. And then I said, yes, sir. And no worries. We'll be fine. To which he said, son, you misunderstood. I'm not worried about you. I'm only worried about her. (laughs) I love that guy. He was the best. Um, So when I, we were getting married I figured I should ask the colonel, because that's what I was calling the colonel. I should ask the colonel uh, if, it, if it was okay. So one day I go out to his house, and uh, the colonel had this big, beautiful log home. And in the basement, he had this Im- Im- impressive workshop. Just an impressive workshop, like any guy that was woodworking, dream work- workshop. And he, he made incredible furniture and stuff. So I roll out there one day. My wife's working. And it's just me and the colonel. And I think, I, you know what? While I'm here, I'm going to ask him and say, look, we're going to get married. And I want to make sure it's cool with you and let him share his wisdom with me. But while I was going out there, I, uh, I needed to cut a tile, like a ceramic tile, 
because in the in our house we had a, a staircase that came down. I was building this little bar and the top of it was ceramic tile. So I needed one tile cut. And at that time I didn't have a, a tile saw. So I brought the tile with me thinking this guy's got a tile saw. So when I get out there, the Colonel's cleaning the house and he of course stops and he takes me down to his shop and he goes, I don't really have anything that will cut that tile, John, but I'm going to let you use my uh, saw that I use for cutting stained glass. And it was a saw that had a very fine blade. And he said, you just have to go really slow because if you, if you push too hard with the ceramic tile, you'll break the saw. Don't break my saw. No problem. No problem. I got a big guy. So I'm thinking I'm going to cut my ceramic tile. When he comes down to inspect it, I will ask him and say, look, I'm going to ask your daughter to marry me. We'll have a conversation. It'll be wonderful. Everyone will cry. It'll be a beautiful moment. So he's he's vacuuming upstairs. So all I hear is he's vacuuming. And I'm cutting the tile on this little saw that's meant to cut stained glass. And I'm moving slowly, taking my time. Like I, I am not pushing it hard at all. I am doing everything he told me to do. And the fucking blade breaks. And I stop. And I shut the saw off and I'm like, I am fucking dead. I'm going to be murdered. He's going to bury my, my body in the woods and pretend I was never here. And of course, all I hear is because he's vacuuming. And then I hear click silence. And I could hear his feet walking across the floor. Door open. Thunk, 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 thunk down the steps. And like, I'm, I'm sure I'm sweating. And I was like, fuck it. I'm not asking him. I'm not doing I'm not brave enough to ask. I am not brave enough to ask. I took, I took my blows for breaking the saw and then I got the hell out of there. I was not brave enough to ask. Oh, I love that guy though. He was, he, my father-in-law was, uh, I, I feel super blessed because I love my parents. My parents are great. And if I, if I couldn't have my parents as my parents, I would want my wife's parents as my parents. So I feel very lucky. Um, and he was, he was a great man. We, we did some pretty fun stuff. I remember one time we were, uh, we were building a bathroom in my house and I don't know what he was doing, but, uh, somehow I was holding something and he was putting a screw in. And when he was putting the screw in, he slipped and, he basically stabbed me with the screw and the, um, and the drill. And he was like, Oh, sorry about that. And of course I was like, ah, and he's like, are you bleeding? And I looked down at my hand and it's like gushing blood. I'm like, I am, sir. And he goes, good, <laughs> good. But I think he liked me. No, he's a good, he's a good man. It's a good man. May he rest in peace. Miss that guy every single day. Um, but yeah, so I, I think of like Lionel Richie, I, I tell you, man, I didn't, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I was too afraid. And then of course my wife was like, wow, we got to get married. And I was like, oh, okay. Cause I was afraid of her too. I was afraid of all of them, afraid of all of them.
Uh, here's a kid we should all hate. Why not? Elliot Tanner. You heard about this kid? He's 13. He goes to uh, uh, University of Minnesota. Yeah, he's 13. And next month, he is going to graduate with a major in physics and a minor in math. Then he's going to get his doctorate. He's 13. He is nerding it up. He says he hasn't felt like he uh, stuck out too much in campus or in his classes. Sometimes there's sort of a wow period for maybe a week or two, but then everyone just sort of gets used to seeing me in class and it just becomes a sort of normal occurrence. Dude does not sound 13. <laughs> Most 13s are playing Fortnite. Uh, Elliot says he wants to be a high-energy theoretical physicist and eventually teach college. I hope to become a professor here at UMIN. I've also been working with Fermilab on the short baseline neutrino program. God damn it, Elliot. I have no idea what you're talking about. You're going to be a winner, I can tell. Uh, his mom says they're using GoFundMe to pay for his uh, grad school tuition. Would you go to the GoFundMe for that? That's uh, questionable for me. We're just kind of been exploring our options and coming up with dead ends, trying to apply to any scholarships or grants, fellowships, and um, we have not been successful. The kid's 13. You got lots of time. You got five years to raise the money. Here's the thing. Just goes to show you the generosity of the world. In fact, dare I say, restore your faith in humanity. They've raised $32,000 so far. That's kind of cool. Uh, meanwhile, you know how these fast food joints, they're having a problem with good staff. They've been having a problem with bad behavior, people having shitty behavior. Well, at an Arby's in Alabama, the police say that one of the folks that worked at Arby's, by the way, Arby's, great sandwiches. I'm not talking about the beef ones. I'm talking about like they, they're called like a harvest sandwich or something. Great, love them. And their turnovers, I'll fight you. They're the best. Their turnovers at Arby's are the best in the fast food industry. That's just facts. Don't, don't tell me, oh, no, John, you don't understand. Uh, they got better ones at Harvey's. No, they don't. The best ones are at Arby's. But here's what went down. Uh, an Arby's employee snapped, having a little bit of an interaction with a customer. It escalated to the point that the employee allegedly threw hot grease on the customer through the drive through window. Uh, the woman was in her 30s. She had some kids in the car. Here's what the TV news had to say. An Arby's employee in jail tonight accused of throwing hot grease on a customer. Police say this all stemmed from a fight between an employee and a customer at the drive-thru. Police believe that employee threw the grease on the customer through the drive-thru window. The customer was taken to UAB Hospital with burns. No other injuries are reported at this time. That employee in police custody tonight. But is expected to be back at his shift at Arby's tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> what uh, the hell's going on? I mean, I keep telling you it's a weird world. I keep giving you the proof. I haven't got the email that says, John, you're right. I haven't seen the social media post that says, God damn it, Paul, you're bang on. No. I just keep laying out the proof. That's all I do. Mm-hmm. It's true. Uh, finally, uh, you know what? This is kind of, let's see, you know, let, let's bring it back. We'll bring it back. What a great job you have. You yeah. get to tell everyone good news. Just restored my faith in humanity. 
you know how you go to restaurants and uh, they sometimes give you crayons and stuff? Uh, well, this mom in 2009, her name's Sheila, uh, she started a campaign to get the crayons that people used for a little bit but didn't use all of the crayons. She decided to get all those crayons that people maybe only used once and she started collecting them. And then she would give them to schools that needed art supplies. So she created this nonprofit organization that is called Crayon Collection. It now operates, again, she started in 2009. It's now operating in all 50 states uh, and in nine countries. So far, they have redirected 20 million crayons to kids that need them in schools and more importantly, save them from the landfills. The Crayon Collection is my organization that I started with my little toddler daughter when she was a super picky eater and we kept going to restaurants. She'd get a free four pack of crayons each time and sometimes she wouldn't even use the crayons but they'd still end up in the trash at the end of the meal. And this really drove me crazy because I knew so many kids need them and the planet cannot take any more trash in our landfills. She was kind of surprised when she found out how many crayons were actually wasted. You're going to be shocked too. When I found out crayons are thrown away at a rate of 150 million per year from Whoa. restaurants in America, I started asking restaurants to collect the crayons kids leave behind and I would find a local school that was super vulnerable to benefit from them. And it makes a huge impact. You know what? I I'm sure that a lot of kids appreciate that. I'm sure the restaurants appreciate not having to throw them out. Like this, that to me, again, this is the stuff that needs to be happening. This isn't the government solving a problem. This is a mom that opened her eyes, came up with a plan, executed, and now is making the world a better place. No one had to come in and save her. She didn't need funding from the government. She didn't rely on a politician, seven layers of you know staff. No, she just went out and got it done. And everything she did makes complete sense. Good for you. I appreciate it. I really do. I feel better about the world right now. Five minutes, I might feel different. But right now, I'm feeling real good. Real good. We've done enough talking. Are you done? done. I'm done. Yeah. And it's done. Okay. Done. Are you done? We made it. I appreciate you spending time with the Pole Position Podcast. You're always welcome to reach out. I love your feedback. Nightside at email.com. On Twitter at John Paul at J O N P O L E and on Instagram, the Pole Position Podcast. If you enjoy what we're doing, do me a favor share it with someone you trust. We're going to take over the world together. I am John Paul and I love you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Thank you so much. Thank you very little. Thank you so much. No, I'm here with Eric and peace. I'm out like I stole something. Bye bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.